do you think children should be at gay pride parades? Absolutely not. No. And I think this is where it gets tricky. I, I've had a lot of arguments about this sort of stuff. And people are very quick to call me a homophobe. But the reality is if you've got your butt hanging out or you have a dildo strapped to you, if you're wearing sexually provocative clothing, there is no way in hell you should be around children. Sorry, I'm not interested in your argument. I don't care about your sexual expression if it is at the expense of someone else's innocence. Mm. Just not interested. And so there has to be a line. And what the gay lobby has really done is they have crossed that line under the name of equality. But in reality, we should have really brought that back into line with standards and there are standards. And one thing that we really should never have let anyone get away with is interfering with children in any respect. You are listening to The 5-8 Take, Australia's podcast. Make sure you subscribe, share, and enjoy this discussion. We love you, 5-8ers. I, I, like, I hope like, is he recording this? <laughs> it's, it's wild here. It's wild. In the 5-8 Take, anything, anything goes. We're on. We're on? We're on. We're on. On we are. Here we are. Mill Gates, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you living? I'm living, you know, I'm trying to live my best life. It's hard in these times, but I'm trying to survive out here. I had a podcast this morning with uh, Sam Consento. Consentino? Con- Sorry. Consen- Con- Consentino. Well, you're Italian, right? Yeah, you're Italian, actually. He was Italian, too. <laughs> Yeah, Constantino. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's a badass name. Yeah, he's sick. He's been in acting for... He runs Walk Now Productions and he works with a lot of actors. And, like, some of his stories are out of this world, dude. Like, helping this Thai girl that's... um, She didn't have anyone. She didn't have any family. She didn't have... Like, she worked as a sex worker over here. Um, he saw her, he saw something in her and I think it was t- blown her away. Like he s- was like, let me help you and assist you. Like come to this audition. Um, she auditioned for the major role, but then a big actor got it, but he was like, let's stay in contact a year and a bit later. She performed a massive, she's from, sorry, I said Thai. I meant Vietnam. Yeah. She performed this <laughs> massive, like, on stage Vietnamese piece as a second lead actress in NIDA, which is one of the, what, the highest prestigious acting schools? Yeah, so, yeah, there's a few acting schools around Australia and, one, and NIDA's one of the most, like, sort of pres- prestigious one. Yeah. yeah. So, net, then she performed there. So, going, he took her from... Like and she, he's sponsoring her visa and everything like that. Just a kind guy. He doesn't. There's no ulterior motives or anything like that. He's just a down to hurt earth hurt. Yeah. He's a down to earth like real true mm. human. You know what I mean? Like he's he's yeah he's he's great. So that was my morning. How was yours? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like heavy and I'm like, I feel like I just went on an emotional journey. It was like he he even cried during the podcast. Yeah. Like it was an intense, yeah, like it hit me. Like I was like, like, 
sometimes we just need to step back and go like, like just fuck everything and just be like, all right, at a human level being like, how can I help anyone near me? You know what I mean? Like, and I think sometimes, yeah. You need to do that. Sorry about my savvy story. Uh, all right. All right. It's, um, it was, but yeah, it, it just happened and it yeah, impacted me a little. It's wholesome, you know. Yes. It's good when you actually see some good things going on. It's yes. a win. We'll take it. Actually, that's, that's a great segue from humanity to you. Because it's actually, <laughs> it, that's, that's very true. Because right now we don't see a lot of like wholesome stuff. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of fight going on at the minute. And um, you, I understand you do some activism down in Melbourne. So you were with the guys um, walking through the shopping centre. Is that right? That was, I was told was. something about that. Yeah, the Sydney crew came down and we had some fun. Yeah. <laughs> so we broke up the, mon- the monotony a little bit. Um, it was nice to do something different. I know a lot of people didn't agree with walking through a shopping centre. and. Yeah singing um, somewhat inappropriate things but it got attention we got collabs people were receptive to it so what what happened like what was the what was the whole idea behind it how did it get organized what did you sing and what went through for the people that don't know i mean for the most part they were sort of in the mentality coming down to melbourne they're like cool let's protest let's get out there in front of these cops and they're their violent tactics, let's do whatever we can to try and scoot this along. And it was like a breath of fresh air for Victorians having them down there because, you know, they've got more audacity. They're not used to that sort of extreme reaction socially that we're used to. So pretty much like, I mean, we'd set up a table saying COVID is a scam, changed my mind. And we just had people coming up at us, you know, trying to convince us of the COVID narrative. And we ended up flipping a few people um, on the spot when it comes to their viewpoint. So it was actually really good. And I think people focus on um, us being in the shopping centre singing as though that's like the only thing that went down. Mm. Um, But no, like it was a really full-on four days or so that they were down. Like we just made the most of every moment we had to actually have some fun with it. So we're walking through the shopping centre and obviously we all know the – you can stick your new world order up your ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we just had great chant, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I called it Chadston the musical when I posted it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like it. Like it. Yeah. No, it was just fun. Um, Lockie Kavanaugh's hilarious. Yeah. And Dale, who's Fight for Your Rights on Instagram. I love Dale. Hysterical. Like, they're amazing people to hang out with. And not only that, they're so good at what they do in terms of their activism because they just have this energy about them that they bring to the table every single time. Yeah, Lockie, I haven't I haven't I haven't met Lockie yet. Um I think hopefully hopefully I will, I'm sure. Dude, get around it. Yeah, he's awesome dude. <laughs> oh, he's hilarious. So <laughs> we're at the Melbourne protest and I was pulling off these bogans away from the cops. Like I was just yanking them away. They were sort of trying to agitate them. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, shit, we're gonna get pepper sprayed if these two don't pipe down. So I'm like manhandling these dudes and I turn around <laughs> and Lockie, between the ten seconds that I had been facing the other direction, had put on plastic goggles. <laughs> and he had this shit eating grin on his face. <laughs> with the plastic goggles and I lost it, man. He's so prepared for Victoria. 
even more so than we are to be at a Victorian protest. So yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen to yeah speak with him because he's done that. He's started that. He grabbed that whole crowd of thing and ran with it. The whole changed my mind, and he just ran with that. And it's yeah, he took it. I think fairly far. But why won't anyone stop and like actually have the discussion? Well, they do, or at least they did when we did it. Yeah. You know, like, um, so what were some of their points that they put forward? Um, like the people that were like, it's not. Well, one of them was a, st- a student. I think he was a med student to some degree. Like he was yeah. sort of going to work in labs and stuff like that. So his focus was more the numbers um, and how the numbers do and don't make sense. And we sort of yeah. had to talk him through um, the given narrative versus other factors and you know, by the end of the conversation, he was really quite receptive to what we're saying. Yeah. And I think people do a lot of the heavy lifting intellectually. All you really need to do is plant that seed. And as soon as you plant that, they just run with it because we're curious by nature. And did he have any specific points that made you go, oh, okay, I didn't look at that before? No. no. None. That's the thing. This COVID narrative is so predictable. And every single script, every part of their script is accounted for. Uh-huh. You know, you can look at their script and you'll see exactly where it ties into the last piece of propaganda. They're very yeah. careful with how they round that off. But one thing that they can't do is override common sense. Mm. And so, yeah, we can go, oh, yeah, the news said this, the news said that, whatever. But we run in circles. And then as soon as you break through with a bit of common sense, mm. it it really unravels from there. Their argument gets completely demolished because they only have a set script whilst we've got common sense. Very, very true. I always say common sense beats like everything, (laughs) everything period. Your gut feeling, your gut feeling, I always say everyone should just go to that. Like whatever is around and whatever is said and whatever you read, whatever, like always go with your gut feeling. What, was the have you always been would you call yourself an activist um i don't really like to put a title on anything but it is what i do yeah you know um yeah. but it's not my first run with activism okay yeah, yeah yeah so where what did it like what started everything for you well um It's funny how you have experiences in life that really prepare you for where you're at today. Yes. The world has a really funny way of giving you cues of synchronicity for where you're supposed to be at any given time. Fucking oath. (laughs) Fucking oath. And so for me, I'd actually um, lobbied the government for a little while um, in the past um, during the gay marriage debate because I was trying to even out the legislation in terms of how these things affect children because I'm a daughter of lesbian parents and I'm donor conceived so I took a run at that and I had opposition to that um, gay marriage legislation because it really did invalidate um, the biological rights of children and so through that I had a lot of experience working with the media because they would try and frame me yeah, Sorry, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll can you there. break that yeah. down <laughs> for Please. my dumb brain? Like, <laughs> I'm a chimp, lad. Yeah. Like, hold on. Ju- you can never just glaze over that one, you know? No, <laughs> no hold no. on. What? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, break it down. Break it down. Okay. Um, I literally felt the need to, to lobby the government because what they were saying in their propaganda pieces at the time mm. was that kids don't care who their parents are. Mm-hmm. And I definitely cared. And, you know, I'd regularly punch on with my family about who my dad is. 
So it was one of those things like where... Literally? Well, you know. Figuratively. A little, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> but no, um, it has a really big impact when you have a different family structure. And so it needs to be catered for. Not saying that it's right or wrong, but it has to be done a certain way. And so for me, what I was really lobbying for was parents to consider actually having donors that they know, as opposed to going to an anonymous sperm bank and then getting somebody that couldn't have somewhat of a role in the child's life. Because what I was noticing is that other kids in my situation, they were quite happy and healthy, but that's uh-huh. because they had access to the other parent. It would be a friend. They live like close. You know, yeah. they'd, they'd have a relationship with that person. And so I was really passionate about all things in truth um, outside of what is socially acceptable because mm. everything in the news media was saying that my viewpoint was wrong and being in the position I was in disagreeing so passionately I'm like well I'm qualified to have an opinion in this arena so definitely I'm going to take it there and try and create some balance um, so yeah I firsthand have copped so much shit from the media and I thought fuck it and at the time I studied the art like I looked into everything that they do how they think what they'll grab how they'll coerce you into saying things and I really prepared myself for them yeah and that's one of those experiences that I've really been able to take into now and um it's proven really useful why the why does the media do that like they they (laughs) ask questions like it's not a a lot of these interviews these days are like they have a lot of trick questions to like get people to say what they want. That's not an interview. Like at the end of the day, you should just say a question, no tricks involved and let the person fucking speak. Like these days I feel like mainstream already have the production plan and they have already like, this is the narrative of everything. So we need to get these people to say these certain things that fit inside this narrative so we can paint this picture which, man, it's it's dishonest. And I think that's – I don't understand how they don't see that and how they don't see that that's mm. the biggest downfall and the thing, the catalyst that will tear them down. Have you ever looked into the eyes of a journalist? No. It's, it's not a vibe. <laughs> it's not a vibe. I'm telling you, these people are robots. It's creepy. I, I wouldn't even call them journalists. I think they need another name. I think – Parasites. Jeez. Okay. Okay. I I like um a journalist to me is um I've just come across its content is from Melbourne Rukshan Rukshan yeah he's Ru- incredible Rukshan the real Rukshan I think it's Rukshan forgive me yeah the real Rukshan yeah, it, yeah he's he's yeah I like his content and he's just got served by police not too long ago to not go to a protest but real Rukshan yeah yeah, yeah. he's Awesome, dude. Yeah. He's a good dude. So that's actually standard practice for us in Melbourne. They'll do a letterbox or a letter drop, really, door to door before a protest is scheduled to go to he- go ahead. And everyone that they've got on their list, they'll go and speak to them and try and deliver them a notice to sort of cease and desist and not do that. Everyone takes that envelope. Why can't they just go, nah? Well, they actually have stopped because it's a form of consent to contract. Like it's a bit tricky the way the law sort of works around that stuff with us. So they have been refusing to accept the letter, which is probably better. It's because as soon as – if you get served, if you get summoned, if you get served, whatever it is, they have to hand it in. Jordan's going through that right now with with that uh, whole case where there's a politician trying to sue him 
Uh, I can't even remember the guy's name. He's from New South Wales. Bol Bonaro, Bonaro, Bonaro. Friendly Geordies. He's getting oh, friendly Geordies. Yeah, yeah he's getting that, sued yeah. at the minute by a New South Wales politician saying he defamed him, defamatory, whatever. But he's trying to to for it to be an actual lawsuit. It has to touch his hand. And he has to like get it. So he's been playing around with fake hands and everything. So to drop <laughs> it and everything. Like he did a fucking hilarious video on that. All of that, I wasn't handed the documents. So with those two mini bosses out of the way, it was time to go to the big boss's lair to be handed the legal documents. Remember, you have to be handed those documents. But what if you were handed them with his hand? Oh. That's why I, I see them taking that letter. I'm like, mate, don't don't grab that shit. But before we move on to Melbourne lockdowns, so you definitely, yeah, that's that's him there. <laughs> it's hilarious what he's doing. He's, he's a funny dude. He's fantastic. Yeah, he does all these like <laughs> memes and stuff. It's really funny. <laughs> so is one of your parents your biological parents? Yeah. 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 So I've got siblings as well and we all have the same father, so. Okay. You just don't know him or you do know I do, him? You yeah. do know so him. So I got to meet him when I was 11. So I really went through um, the whole shebang with like not knowing who I was and then yeah. understanding who I was yeah. and how that was able to put me at ease as a human being. And so I really went hard on them. Um, do you feel a that a a – traditional home of a mother and father is easier on children? I think it's inherently healthier. If we put aside um, the fact that people have family breakdowns, domestic violence, all those things are natural and across the board. Yes. Whether you're in a gay relationship or a heterosexual relationship, you're going to come across these things. Yes. Um, but when we look at it from the healthiest possible example – yeah, it's fantastic. It provides an element of stability. But what I was really trying to advocate for is that you can, like we can't just normalise a family breakdown because that's mm -hmm. what it is. You're actually intentionally creating somebody to have part of who they are absent. Yeah. And so that's the part that I disagree with, but it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. And so um, I've spoken to a lot of couples and really talked them into approaching another couple if they want to have a baby and really do that and have a more together familial structure. And you'd be surprised how many of them sit back and they think about this before they even think of having a family or some of them opt to not even go down that road because they don't want to deprive their kids of things. Is that, is that a scary option for the, the parent? Wouldn't, um, like if you donate sperm, mm -hmm. you, you, I don't agree with the whole fucking thing, but if you donate sperm and then that goes to someone and the there's, I think they, the, the children always want to, uh, no, not always actually, because I never wanted to see it. People, t so I never knew my dad, right? He mm -hmm. left when I was four, usual Brazilian crap, you know, was in the favelas before and he, he left when I was four. That's usually what happens in Brazil. Not saying that's a great thing, but it's generally what happened. Everyone to me is like, don't you long to see your father? Don't you long to have that connection? Me, no. 
Like I've never had that desire. I know that he's tried to reach me when I was 18 and after I was 18, but I don't, I don't have that desire at all. But so what what I'm asking, if the parent gives the sperm, the sperm goes out, is that easier on the process than having someone that you know that you know your kid is their kid and their kid is with you and will they ever want their kid back okay so this there is was like a lot bit, there i'm sorry I'm like, it was a like colluded yeah there was a very colluded question colluded is that yeah right so, I mean, convoluted convoluted thank you when we think about your situation you mm. know who he is and there's an I don't know who he is. Well, you know, like, who he is in a sense. Like, you, you've you got information about what's happened. So yes. So, he's, well, he's yeah. left you. He's left one I was for. He's yeah. done the wrong thing. And this is something that's common within the culture. I'll go by what you've said yes. on that one. Yes. So, there's an element of closure that comes with that. Mm. When you don't have any answers about who your parent is, it affects you. Okay. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. It's yep. the right. who, right. why. You know, like I've got green eyes, my mum doesn't. You know what I mean? Like where does this shit come from? Um, and also the heritage aspect was really important to me as well. So being able to discover those things is really important for stability. Mm. It's not me saying that I necessarily felt like I needed to be raised by my dad, but right. there has to be some form of transparency. And ultimately he was actually open to having a relationship with me. The issue was is that, my other mother um, wasn't comfortable with that. And so this is where it comes down to ownership. What this is is people saying, I want all the perks of being in a heterosexual relationship regardless of how that affects the offspring. I want ownership. I'm going to buy that sperm Mm. and it becomes mine. I'm the parent. And it really has very little to do with the well-being of the child because ultimately what's important to us is closure, um, understanding of what's going on, transparency. And let's be honest, it's nice to have a a healthy relationship with all your parents. Mm. Like for me, an ideal scenario would have been being raised, you know, my mum, other mum, and also knowing who my dad is and his family. Yeah. So these things are all really important to children. And I wasn't going to accept this narrative that says that we don't care because it's Mm. a lie. Mm. It's not based in truth. And this is where the synchronicity comes in. Because my question at the time was, what are they trying to cover up while they push this gay narrative? Because we all know the government doesn't care about us whatsoever. So what's really going on? Next minute, the Biosecurity Act is being put through in the background. Mm. And that Biosecurity Act is responsible for all the crap that we're going through today that the government is able to get away with. I didn't have that perspective and I agree with you in the the perspective that if you don't know your if you don't know anything you have that curiosity. Like I at least knew like he left when I was 4. So there's no like there may have been an initial resentment that I got over, but that, at least that's a step to getting over. Like we always, the human race, are like, where do we come from? So as a child, to have where do we come from holistically, and then having the where do I come from internally is a yeah, it's problematic, and that's a great way. Well put, yeah. well put. Yeah. Gay pride is a month long. 
Veterans, I see there's a lot of pushback right now on that month Mm -hmm. because Veterans Day is only a day and they were locked down behind a fence. So do you think children should be at gay pride parades? Absolutely not. No. And I think this is where it gets tricky. I've had a lot of arguments about this sort of stuff and people are very quick to call me a homophobe. But the reality is if you've got your butt hanging out or you have a dildo strapped to you, if you're wearing sexually provocative clothing, there is no way in hell you should be around children. Sorry, I'm not interested in your argument. I don't care about your sexual expression if it is at the expense of someone else's innocence. Mm. Just not interested. And so there has to be a line. And what the gay lobby has really done is they have crossed that line under the name of equality. But in reality, we should have really brought that back into line with standards and there are standards. And one thing that we really should never have let anyone get away with is interfering with children in any respect. And so, you know, where I can accept that your partnership is deep, meaningful, powerful, you know, you like, you're drawn to the concept of marriage. But the thing is, is that marriage isn't really about um, just the union. It's about family. I mean, the government was really focused on it from a taxation standpoint. They were able to really put that under one umbrella through the family unit. It's been, to me at least, really about family and children as opposed to just the individual desires of adults. And so they were able to really create such a tedious, drawn-out shit fight that actually really hurt people more in the long run. Like, when we think about it, is it the fact that I have a differing view that has hurt you or is it the fact that the media has made this the core focus of your life for months on end and really made you to feel inferior. Yeah, all the big brands have all, you know, all, they all every year change their logos to rainbows, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a bit weird. What do yeah. you think, being a homosexual man? Um, me? Well, <laughs> I'm joking, I, he's not a homosexual man. I'm playing, I'm playing. What do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean, actually? that? What do you mean? Homosexual man can wear a black shirt and wear all colourful shirts. He's in the arts, though. They're, they're that makes me homosexual, does yeah, it? <laughs> oh, I love that. I hope we can still joke about things like this. These well, days, you can't joke you about can't. anything. You can't joke about anything. Yeah, and that's what that. they've done. They've restricted the narrative so hard. How are we supposed to have a dialogue when it is so forceful? Yeah, it's weird that. Um, what's the trans community makeup in the world? You look that up. I yep. think that's a tough one. That's a tough fucking statistic to get. But I think it's, I heard it's, we'll, we'll find out shortly. 0.14%. Yeah. My biggest, international population. My biggest issue, I just really want to touch on this because I don't think I have. Yeah. My biggest issue with this entire thing was the fact that when you force a country to subscribe to something based on a mail-in vote that isn't reliable and you do that in such a way where it's only 50%, what you're doing is creating resentment from the other 50%. And -hmm. my argument was always that they should have taken it to a referendum at the next election because it's not expensive and it gives people a chance to have 75% of the country wholeheartedly go, yes, we want to vote this in. Mm. And so this is where you see 
I'm just going to call it out. There's like a form of resentment. It's quiet, but it's there when we see Pride Month being flogged all the time. We see these things happening to kids and we get pissed off. We see them trying to give hormones to kids. We get pissed off. This is why when you do things without full consent and support and dialogue from the community, you're going to create a lot more homophobia that you're looking to avoid. So, yeah, so what... what Sorry, you finish finish that sentence, finish that sentence. Well, I mean, the whole thing was to spread love and tolerance, but when you force someone's hand, you get the opposite. And so this is where I get pissed off with the media because to me the agenda is so obvious, mm. but everyone's blinded by it. They've been placating their emotions. If you could have your way, let's say you were the Prime Minister of Australia mm-hmm. and... Uh, Let's say you – let's not just say you just put a thing through and it went through because that's a dictator. Let's say the whole country backed you in your policy. What would that policy be and what does it look like for the country? See, that's the thing. I would have – Regarding this. Regarding this, I wouldn't have really changed much because the thing is is that like through all my discussions, we've managed to acknowledge that gay people actually have the same rights – It just looks different on paper, but they have the same rights. Yes. So this is where it gets tricky. Why are we trying to push the threshold? They're the richest minority group. Yeah. You know, and so for me, if it was going to be a pressing issue, even though I know at a glance it really was about distraction to bring in things like the Biosecurity Act, if we were going to entertain it, it would have been a referendum. It's not to do with my policy. It would have been this is a democracy. We're either going to do this this way or we're not and we're not going to rush our way through legislation we're going to protect religious freedom we're going to make sure that kids don't lose rights over this however possible mm. we're not going to normalize loss as part of a family structure there has to be some form of vetting as with everything else and not just slapping an equality badge on something and calling it a day which is really what they've done do you have a specific question no well i just want to say the vetting part can you just can you expand on that? What do you know the vetting part? Um, these days you just go to a sperm bank, you throw money at them and you can be a parent. I think that process is like a form of human trafficking. There are a lot of donor-conceived individuals that end up copying abuse from these family structures, these unstable individuals. I mean, even myself, I was conceived after a year of a relationship. To me, I look at that and I'm like, that's wild. That's ridiculous. I don't think that people should be able to just do this. And I don't think heterosexuals should be able to do this either, but when you take it a step further, this is a commodity. This is a purchased product, mm. you know. So not only can you purchase that that half of a human being, you can do whatever you want to it. It's a form of human trafficking to me, the mm. way it is now. It really isn't wholesome. It's not structured. Whilst meanwhile, you've got our adoption in Australia being almost impossible to achieve they will very rarely adopt children. There's, mm. I forgot the figure, but it's so low and there are so many kids in foster care. So these are the things. Mm. We're, we're focusing on providing ownership of something rather than um, providing equality in that respect. There are actually a lot of gay men that would love to adopt children and that hasn't been possible for them. So there are a lot of inconsistencies when it comes to the narrative. And you feel that leads to child sex trafficking? Well, no, there's, no, there's just, just a form. It's a form. form. It's yeah. a form of you're purchasing yeah. a person. 
yeah. devalues that concept when you can buy it and do whatever you want to it. It doesn't yeah. matter. As soon as you purchase that person, you can throw them into a crack den and raise them and it's fine. So that's the, the sort of thing I have an issue with. And that's all under the protection of equality because we're not allowed to contest the, legitim- the legitimacy of their relationships is really what they've said. They've drawn a line okay, you can't invade our privacy past that point. But when children are involved, obviously it's a problem. That is an incredible, unique perspective. Well, it's not, it's not a unique perspective. There's a lot of people that agree with you, 100%. What does your parents, as in uh, both your mothers, mm-hmm. think about is is it both your mothers or do one of them like to be – I don't know. I'm trying to be political correct. There's well, no look, way to be political correct with this shit. Uh, Why <laughs> just say just say it straight out? There's, yeah. there's no just call easy them parents. way. Yeah, parents. Just parents. No, but, but she's got a dad too, yeah? No, a dad would signify a male, but there's two mothers. So there's two yeah, – unless I, if I it's non-binary. A, I do have a relationship with my dad. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so he, that's yeah. also her parent too. So – Okay, so both your mothers, obviously, or well, actually not obviously, did they have the same uh, ideology as you, or did how did they feel about your particular stance on this issue? It's for me. I had to have some tough conversations with yeah, them. I, yeah, y- definitely. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm a bit of a savage, but it has to be said. Whatever <laughs> is the truth needs to be put forward brought to light yeah. and there were a lot of private problems that my other mother had that my actual mother has that were in in the dark but when we look at those specific problems they had a lot to do with why all this stuff is wrong at a glance the way that it's structured yeah. and then on top of that you've got all the things that I went through and how that was not supported um and so the way forward was really not going to be having a government that also doesn't acknowledge and support people in my position. Mm. You know, you've got kids overseas who have 500 siblings. This is the sort of shit that happens. There's accidental incest. There are so many different problems that can arise. Um, even genetic sexual attraction is a thing. Genetic sexual attraction. Yeah, you ever What's heard that? about that? No. It's where you meet someone that you don't know you're related to and you're attracted to them because you're related, but you don't know that. And that's how this happens. Uh, yep. So it means... What? Yeah. yeah, it's insane. Can you... You <coughs> always do this. Can yeah, you bring I, I, it on this screen, <laughs> lad, please? I don't want to bring it up and then please, I'll be... Please, bruv. I want to be correct, that's all. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> I want to be correct. Genetic... Yeah, go, go to the top. Let me just read that top okay, one. Fine. Uh, can you zoom in a little bit? People keep saying like, bro, can you read or not? I'm like, lad, it, the, the, <laughs> the words are tiny. Like, sick. No. All right. Genetic sexual attraction is described as a phenomenon of intense attraction between biological family members that can occur after close re- relatives are reunited after a long period of separation. Generally... In adoption situations, this affects families separated from birth or very early. That's 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 weirdly gross. Mm. Wouldn't well, you know if it's a family member that's adopting a kid? No. Like, um, don't they have so, blood? So our our barriers against incest are formed through the proximity that we have as children. So. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, take your brothers or sisters, for example. Yeah. You're naturally going to think everything about them is gross. Yeah. Imagine you have a sibling that you've never met. You grow up to adulthood. Mm. You don't have that barrier. You never formed it. Yeah. And so when that that barrier is missing, whether you're consciously aware of that or not, you could find yourself attracted to your sibling. Mm. And this is something that happened in the UK. There was a couple, they were married. I was just going to look that one up. Yeah, Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, Bring it up. About to. Yep, yep, yep. You have fathers that meet their daughters and this, this happens. It's... Yeah, yeah, but you know, to them it's not disgusting because the psychological barrier for incest isn't there. So we can look at it and go, this is putrid, but it happens and so naturally that you just wouldn't even realize. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few cases here that I'm trying to find a good one, but this is yeah. not a good one. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. But. And so this is the other problem with third-party reproduction. We have all of these genetic lines and they prostitute one sample of sperm. They don't just give it to a handful of people like you'd think they do. They flog it. And like I said, there's a there's a lady with 500 siblings, there's a lady with 250 siblings. Holy you magnify that across, across the globe, you're going to have a lot of accidental incest. And it's a form of violation for the individual. I thought they were talking about like the world is too overpopulated, but isn't this nope. pushed? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I don't agree that it's overpopulated. That's some bullshit. So, what is this? I married the man of my dreams, Dream. but he turned That's out to be my brother. brother. Oh, yuck, bro. <laughs> what, bro? The exchanging of martial vows galvanized two people's love for each other and sets them apart. For a lifetime of compassionship. And imagine you didn't know, you thought you'd met your soulmate, you formed this beautiful attraction and then next minute someone tells you it's your relative. And <laughs> yeah, but even then like... Okay, so it says yeah. In 2007, an unmarried uh, British couple found, found out they were twins separating at birth. They immediately had their marriage un, uh, annulled at annulled by the high court which ruled the union was uh legally invalid um wow yeah that blows my mind i didn't even know this was a thing so do you um Yeah, I know. You've sort of like it brought me into a world that I'm like, where do I navigate here? The, have you heard of a, a guy called Muhammad Hijab? He's a uh, YouTuber from uh, the UK. He does it. He's a intellectual. He does a lot of, um, I guess at this stage, you'd, you could say he's a philosopher um, or he's trying to be, I'd say. So in the Muslim culture, they have that, from his perspective, he argues this point. Mm-hmm. He says that, look, we will um, accept homosexuals to come into the mosque because, the th- because of one, everyone can change, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he said. And then he says his understanding or what uh, what he believes says in the Quran is that everyone has these thoughts of doing something. So in in terms of incest, some people may have thoughts of having sex with a family member, but they don't follow through with it. And then his understanding is like, 
well, his statement of the Quran is that these homosexuals, if they they can have the thought of wanting to do the act, but if they don't do the act, then that's more praised than any other person. Absolutely. Yeah. I would actually agree with that. And what I think is funny is I have this discussion um, because one thing I think is, oh, fuck, I'm going to get in so much shit for this. Okay, the pedophiles. Okay. All right. Yep. There's a whole thing where they I love how you just go deep pedophiles, like those. Pedophiles. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fuck it, let's do it because it's true. All right. Um, The gay lobby fiercely rejects any comparison between them and pedophiles. Mm. And obviously we're not including sexual sadists that are a product of of circumstance and they've become this monster. I'm talking about garden variety born this way. Yeah. Right? It is for some reason socially acceptable to like vilify this as a desire. Yes, I I understand what you're saying. And there are actually pedophiles out there that don't want to offend. And so what we've done is we've created this society where it's the most shameful thing in the world and we get these sneaky offenders behind closed doors. And I'm not saying meet their needs in any type of way. I'm not saying that, but there should be some form of equality with how we would approach that situation. We should have specialists really that look into how this occurs, if it's reversible and all the support in the world so that this doesn't become an issue in society and we don't Mm. have people going off to fiddle kids. You know what I mean? So this is a type of ignorance that we're sort of facing and they won't drop that guard and go, it's it's not giving equality to them because to them it's disgusting. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's just so unfair and... You know, it's one of those things where a lot of pedophiles actually kill themselves, you know, but perhaps there is a way for them to heal, to remedy mm. the situation, to undo it psychologically because ultimately it's faulty wiring. Yeah. That's what's occurred. So, you know. I, so you're, you're, you believe there is no, 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 uh, hold on. Do you believe there's, it's not... N- <laughs> fuck wait hold on so do you do you think pedophiles are born or do you think that no think one is a pedophile and then they adapt and change their wiring I and then that wiring needs to be changed back right. so it's like i view it under the same umbrella um a lot of it is genetic deficiency okay. the way that i see it yeah and it can be reformed if it's acknowledged Okay. So I think a lot of people, they'll have a tendency to lean this way. Like some boys will grow up and around 11 to 13, they'll realise that what they're attracted to doesn't mature with them. Mm. So they'll be able to be attracted to a six-year-old as an 11-year-old child, right. but it doesn't mature as they grow up. And right. this is the type, of, okay, I that's, get that's the type of red flag that if this was an open dialogue, you mm. could talk to your kids and understand that. And then potentially rectify it before it becomes a full-fledged issue. And that's that's it. That's interesting because it's like we do like, like me, like if fucking if I know someone's a pedophile, fucking kill them. Like that's yeah. just my thought mm-hmm. process. Like that to me, that's the worst possible thing that you can do on earth. And you offend if, if they offend. Yes, and so I guess that's the same sediment sentiment. sentiment. Yeah, that word always stumps me eh? every time, bro. It's a weird that you and I both are ESL and we've got a podcast going. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we can barely speak. It came from the same classroom. <laughs> so the, the, so you, 
the sentiment that Muhammad Hijab has towards homosexuals is the same sentiment that you have towards pedophiles. It's like you can have the thought of wanting, but as long as you don't follow through with the actions, we should have locations and spaces where these people can meet and rewire that so you don't even have the thought anymore. I think it would need to be done very carefully, obviously. Um, anyone who's an offender, obviously, draw and quarter them in the street. By all means, I don't care. But when we're talking about... Um, They're doing youth, that overseas at the minute. Yeah, well... They're just a guy the other day, He's just he got uh, the community, because they get such low sentences, mm-hmm. the community just strapped him to a pole and whipped him to death. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? If he's a proven offender, by all means do it. I think people would be afraid to offend if we brought that sort of shit in here. And yeah. that's a good thing. But there comes a point where we have to acknowledge these problems. And honestly, it's poor birth quality that has an influence on a lot of these things. And I'm not saying that with negative connotations to the individual, mm-hmm. but there's a really high percentage of gay people that are actually premature babies. And, you know, it was something really close to 50% of all sets of twins will have one or both twins being gay. What? And so this is one of those things where it's like genetics meets circumstance, what's geared to what, and how can we be honest about this Yeah. and figure out a way forward? And I'm not saying make someone not gay or whatever, you know, but it should be a choice to the individual if they want to really look down that path and go, well, what's going on here? Have you thought of a recommendation at this stage, what you think we should be doing? I think... Better? I think instead of going down the road where we have these... Because let's face it, we've got pedophile acceptance trying to come in in the background of the LGBT movement. I think we should get ahead of that Mm. and start to form our own strategy for, for this from a scientific point of view. You know, mm. how does it occur? What's going on? How do we intercept it young? Um, how do we form a structure that is a safe space to discuss this if you are attracted to children? Like, what can we do about that? And then it's mutually beneficial to society if we create that, you know. I mean, it's one of those things where you could even have them on some form of registry, the fact that that is an inclination. Private, obviously. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those things where I'd be okay with the government tracking pedophiles. They want to track all of us. Yeah. But they're not tracking the pedophiles. It's a bit strange. Yes, they are. They got the pedophile buddy. um, What's it called? Um, I don't know. Well, the police never know where every pedophile is around your area. And they're looking into it. The government always look into it, like the internet and what you're looking up in porn. I reckon offenders should be public. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, but then it gets a bit of a grey area when someone is a child offender as well. Is a child offender? A, a child themselves, like a minor themselves. Because that's a, a Oh, no, anything above 18. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, cool. no, nah, no, nah, not, not kids because you don't um, want kids getting beaten up and shit. The hardest thing is, is that a lot of these behaviours stem from molestation. Like, that's probably the big kicker. That's how this stuff occurs in the home. And it's one of those things. Kids, for whatever reason, like to mess around with other kids. And it's something that we don't talk about. Mm. So these are all things that as a society we're blacking out, but we're focusing on a problem that's already eventuated Mm. when really we could be honest about it and intercept these things. If I were to have children, I'm not going to let them have sleepovers for that reason. You right. know what I mean? Unless it's directly supervised because you create an environment for something to happen 
through human curiosity to those kids. Mm. Whether it's your child themselves or another child or an older kid, you never know. If you're not there to supervise that, like anything can happen. True. So, you know, this is where trauma tends to repeat itself. And so you get um, sexual sadists from that unique kettle of circumstance a lot of the time. So it's just stuff that interests me. This is stuff that goes on in the back of my head. I don't talk about this publicly. But no, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's great. And what do you think? So what do you think about pronouns? Yeah, look. Yeah. It's a weird pivot, I know. But yeah. What are your thoughts on it? It's not a vibe. I think so, if someone is passable, by all means, live your life. Like, you know, it's none of my business what your sexuality is, but if you're in front of me telling me to call you some type of thing. You won't? If you're a grown man in a wig, I'm not about that shit. Like, to put it simple, <laughs> like, don't, yeah. Hey, there's some, like, nice grown <laughs> men with wigs out there, you know? They're kind people, you know? Look, yeah, the trans thing's tricky for me because a lot of this stuff, it starts young. There's a lot of kids coming out as trans and we know how kids jump on the bandwagon of popularity with other kids. All of a sudden you have something that's actually a rare thing coming forward to be a popular thing and that's not for anything other than trend or child abuse really from the parent. Mm. you got these parents waving their kids around like my kid's trans, he's like four. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. That's gross. That's putrid. So. And and they're giving them hormone blockers now when they're super, super young. I don't even think they hit 10 yet. Yep. And that's the thing. A lot of issues surrounding gender identity and gender dysphoria will revert through the process of puberty. Yeah. And instead of focusing on being able to be comfortable in who you are, no matter which way this pendulum swings, they are instead saying... This is about what you look like and how close we can get you to looking like what you think you are. Yeah. When the reality of the situation should be that no one should be telling a child what they should and shouldn't look like. Yeah. Why should anyone interfere with a natural process for a human being who can't even consent to to sexual activity, can't drive, can't make decisions in society? Why why would we advocate for such a serious and life-changing decision? Yeah, I I never understood that. If it blows my mind. Like these these parents, oh man, it all comes from the equality. And mm-hmm. you're right there. Yep. It all trickles down um, across the board. And it's it, it blows my mind that they're such a small percentage of the world population but have the loudest voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like oh, obviously they have support from mainstream and everything like that. And like, yes, you, you everyone should have – Equal opportunity. We should all have that. But this type of equality is a little different. It's like mm. it's it's forced and it it sort of blocks it doesn't make things equal. It's, it makes yeah. more confusion and more fight. Exactly. And it's the barrier where we can't ask questions. Yeah. As conservatives, as heterosexual people. As anyone who's not under the rainbow, we're not allowed to ask questions and that's wrong. I don't support that at all. And you just said as conservative. Are you a conservative? I lean very conservative, yeah. Yeah? You know, I'm quite traditional in my views. But yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not open to discussing other viewpoints. What do you like about conservatism? I like that it's structured. It, it's quite logical. It makes sense. A lot of it is common sense. And so I think I really resonate with it because it is wholesome at heart. There's... Um, 
yeah, there's, there's standards, you know. It's nice. Lefties are sort of just all over the place. So <laughs> I just, I don't know what's going on. Like, <laughs> you know, things that don't make sense to me, I won't really advocate for. Now, being brought up in a homosexual, like, parents, have you always had conservative views or were you more liberal before? Or have you always been right or were you a bit more left before? I think a lot of the things that I witnessed um, behaviorally, uh, a lot about the the culture, the shallow parts in particular, I always disagreed with growing up. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, I've always leaned in that direction. Um, if something doesn't have substance, I haven't really been one to support it in the past. So. And have you? It, you grew. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I was just gonna sort of correct you a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that just because her parents were lesbian doesn't mean they were lefties. True. I mean, they are, but yeah. True. Hey, I was right. Oh my god. I'm trying to say, like, maybe, 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 like, her parents were righties, and she said, "Okay, I'm going to be a righty for the rest of my life." You know what? I appreciate that because usually I just say shit, but last couple of days, apparently, (laughs) I've fucking people's been, you know, wild out here, man. They grab everything you say these days. Yeah, well, I mean, that was kind of my hesitation. It always is because you never know who's going to take what you say out of context. But honestly, we just have to be fearless and push through it. I agree. Like my intention is not to be homophobic. I have a lot of valuable insights to offer when it comes to the LGBT community and how to push them forward as individuals. Yeah. You know, the fact that substance abuse is rampant within the gay communities. There are a lot of mental health problems that are going unacknowledged with a Band-Aid on top of them saying, love who you are. There's a big piece missing here and we Mm. have a lot of people unhappy because they're in shallow relationships that are focused on physical aesthetic. So there's a whole separate set of issues that they have within their own communities and it's like this this narrative that we're receiving from the media doesn't help them the same way it doesn't help us. Mm. So, you know, and on top of that, I mean, the core concept is, is that the issue is being prostituted as a means of distraction globally for whatever it is. I don't think the government or media sincerely cares about gay people. So that really is the driving force behind me trying to kick the door down wherever I can to the reality of the situation and what's going on. So I don't think the government cares about gay people. That was like a uh, <laughs> Kanye moment. <laughs> too, too good, too good. I love Kanye, by the way. He's one of my favourite artists of all time. You mentioned the government. The government is going off in your hometown. Have you always been from Melbourne? I know you got Italian yeah. background, but have you yeah. born and raised yeah. in Melbourne? Yep. How do you feel about your city today? It's in shambles, but there's no surprise as to how we got here, you know. I mean, they've really chipped away at Australian culture um, and a lot of conservative values over the years. What is Australian culture? Sorry not to cut you off, but he always asks me that. (laughs) Tell this motherfucker what it is. All right. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) I'm going to correct you again, but go ahead. You can correct me, but when I say you, you, I will not correct you. He loves correcting me, man. You can correct me. Keeps me on my toes. I do need correcting. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm going to put this in bold letters right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, when I say Australian culture, I'm more referring to the patriotism that we once had. And mm. so, again, it's like they've used things, and this is not specific to the LGBT lobby, but just like that, 
they managed to use um, the plight of what's happened to Indigenous people to take away from that as well. And so there are so many things that have gone on in the political and media arena that have made us ashamed to defend our country Mm. um, in the past. And whether that's valid or not isn't really the issue. It's the after effect is that we're, we're sitting here ashamed. Yeah. Um, and so when you're in that state, obviously a lot of people are going to roll over and do what the government says. You know, we, what are we even defending? It's one of those things um, on a deeper level. So Completely. Go, sorry, go on. Yep. No, I'm just thinking, I'm like, because we're sort of working into the lockdown territory now. I'm like, oh, yeah. we've gone from like two really dramatically different things. I know, I know. <laughs> and it, it's always hard trying to concise everything like uh, – like, everyone at a, like I could speak for so long and it's, it's tough trying to, how long have we gone now? For example, uh, we're hitting an hour now. Yeah. So that's, that's what I mean. And, and it's, it's hard. Like, and it's, it's two major issues, two major topics, and it's very hard to bounce from one to another. Yeah. So, and just just complete side note for for a second, all right, all right. Excuse me for here, a second. Here we go. All right. Have you ever had sex with a mum? Excuse me. Have you ever had sex with a milf? <laughs> I thought you said your mum, and I'm like, I just I know. <laughs> that's what I heard. I'm like, <laughs> like ah, oh. ah. Oh. I mean, an older, an older yeah. lady. Yeah. Like, you have. I feel yeah. like that's a yes. Ah, uh, see, I, nah, because I called him motherfucker before, so I was gonna retract it. But he's actually <laughs> fucked the mother. So he's <laughs> what it is, lad. Is that American Pie, mate? Right. American <laughs> Pie. Yeah, I know. I know. Love that. Love that movie. But, love that. Okay, so Australian culture is that you think uh, that, that that we should be disconnected or connected to our roots. I think uh, yeah. um, there should have been some form of acceptance and constructive narrative around moving forward together mm-hmm. um, once we really acknowledge all the issues surrounding what's happened to our Indigenous people. So instead of doing that, it's like we went in another direction. We have like, this is what really separates the left from right more so because we haven't really met in the middle mm. and um, found a way forward the way I see it. And that's just one of many elements as you know, to what's going on and why we're so um, disconnected. Okay. So I just want to dissect that a little bit. Okay. Uh, With indigenous community. Mm -hmm. um, So we are, what do you say that we are um, left in shame Mm -hmm. and that's why we cannot move forward. It's part of what's disconnected us. You know, obviously you and I weren't here when any of this shit happened. And yet we're feeling the burden of that. Mm. It's not technically our fault though. And so it's been like a, a disconnect, like you're white, you can't possibly understand us. You've done this to us. And it's so fucking touchy when you go to, mm. to try and address this, but mm. it is another thing that separates us as human beings when mm. in reality we should be uh, looking at what's happened and trying to rectify it to some degree mm in a really constructive way and not to take away from the mm. experience either. I'm not saying glaze over it. A lot of shit has happened. Yeah. But, you know, the way that we address things as a society only pulls us apart as opposed to really bringing us together. Mm. And so when even because we've just been on the more social dynamic of things. Like I can see how that plays into all this lockdown stuff. Um, and on top of that, there's the rest of the social conditioning too. So 
Yeah, definitely. I've been going through some psychological experiments and two of them really show what these lockdowns are really about. Like they've done a lot of tests in, in history regarding psychology and regarding controlling people and how to control people. So Milgram and Ash is two major ones that are that will teach you exactly what is going on in these lockdowns because the Milgram explains people succumbing to authority. So they did this experiment where they put people in it. They had all like teachers, doctors, lawyers, bricklayers, whatever. And then they needed to shock the person behind and it was a fake shock, but it will go up to 420 volts and they'd kill the person. 50% of them killed them just because a person that was sitting next to them with authority told them to. And 50% was like, no, I'm not going on any further. This like, this destroys this person. So then you already know 50% will conform to government. 50% won't. So then, and then you put the ash experiment on top of that. That was uh, an ex psychological experiment of social conformity, social conformity of peers. So they had guys go into a room Five of them, one of them uh, was the subject. The other four was told, pick the wrong answer and see if he conforms. And the ASHK experiment has done been done over and over and over and over and over again. And the same results happen. He will pick the first one right. They, they have sticks like this, how high they are. And let's say answer one is the same size and then the two and three are completely the wrong answer. You can tell it's the wrong answer. Everyone else will pick two and three. Eventually, either after the first time or the second question, the subject always conforms to the social norm of them. So then you can see the authority 50-50 and in the lockdowns it's to take you away from the social norm so they don't have chatter so then the media is your social mm -hmm. so then they'll get the masses conforming even though the person knows it's not the right thing yep so those two exper experiments to me after studying all this as much as i can is what shows um the state that we're in right now mm. What happened on the first night of this snap lockdown? Were you there? Um, no, I wasn't. Um, I've been in Sydney, so. Um, or was I? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fuck up my date so bad. Like, this is the <laughs> other right. thing. You find that when you go through this shit, like you just have no concept of reality in terms of what day it is, like where you are, like what's going on. Yeah. Um, no, I was there for, for the snap lockdown. Yeah. So there was a small protest that popped up. Yeah. Um, not really the usual organisers though. Mm -hmm. So it was a bit different. Um, but that's just been our thing online. Like we'll just respond to that straight away before the restrictions actually kick in and they start ragdolling us for no reason. We'll just go and protest. Um, yeah. At, uh, upon any announcement of restrictions. Um, so that really wasn't so bad. But since I've left, it really has gotten worse and worse. And so like we had things like the small business protest um, yeah. end up in shambles because obviously there's such a, a show of force. Yeah. From Vic Pole. That was, have you seen that dude? No. They arrested a 17 year old kid. That's a, like they had a business protest uh, a little while ago in Melbourne and they, 
arrested this this kid that was there. He's just he was just on the step. He was just on the steps, wasn't he? Mm. Just sit like standing on the steps. I don't really know what happened, but yeah, because they were uh, in lockdown. So then, yeah, yeah. it's. It's scary what's going on, dude. They got a pastor locked up. I mean, the cops went and intercepted. A pastor? Yeah, they've got a pastor locked Linguini up. or? No. <laughs> a, a pastor. Pa- <laughs> fucking Italian jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Nick Patterson, huh? Yeah. Nick so Patterson, um, he's got a group called the, the Peacekeepers or Peacemakers or something. I don't know. Peacemakers. Yeah, that's the one. Um. And they just sort of, yeah, they're, they're like a, a force that kind of stops us from getting out of line, stops the cops from getting out of line. Like they prevent arbitrary arrests, things like that. So what they do is really good. And Nick had just absolutely schooled this, this cop that was throwing everything he had at him in terms of intimidation. They'll never actually answer your questions about whether you're right or wrong about the law. They'll try and just force you into a different dialogue, which is a form of contracting. Um, yeah. So... Nick is an absolute boss with his law and he was able to really hold his own and make a fool of this officer and then the next officer that had a crack. So I'm under arrest. Okay, so I'm trying to... No, 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 you said it. I'm under arrest then, aren't I? If you refuse to give me your name and address... I don't have to give you any any name and address. I don't. Because I believe you committed an offence. But there's no (laughs) merit to your belief. There's no offence, there's no law, you good. Seriously. I'm not guilty until proven innocent. I don't have to give you facts. It's, you're all in the academy. All of you are joke. Guys, guys, I'm under no obligation to speak to the police unless I'm already under arrest. That's the Supreme Court of Victoria. The High Court of Australia says when a statute prescribes that there must be reasonable grounds for a state of mind, including suspicion and belief, it requires the existence of facts which are sufficient to induce that state of mind in a reasonable person. I'm a reasonable person. Where's your facts? And don't say I'm not giving you facts and that gives you a, that, that proves any point because I don't have to give you facts because the Supreme Court of Victoria says I don't. But the High Court says you, without the facts, have no reasonable grounds to verify your belief. So I just want to know how you can, uh, you can be, you, you can be detaining me here without giving me any reason as to why. Police Is there someone else with? Are you are you are you replacing tag team effort? I just just listen for a moment. Well, are you going to engage with us and answer our questions? I'm going to engage. Thank you. If you'll just listen to me for a second. By being here today, you're in breach of the chose directions. All right. So you are risking. Don't recognise them. You are risking being arrested by the police. We are happy to arrest you if we have to, but we would prefer to give you the opportunity to leave now. Okay. So we're being fair to you giving you an opportunity to leave. Otherwise, otherwise, you will risk being arrested. Is, is the, is just, the, just, just listen to me. Okay. What's your name? What's your name? So your business, what my name is. We're trying to be civil. Yeah. No, no, you're, oh, you're trying to arrest us no, under under a gun. No, 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 then, then, it's, uh, then we have very different definitions of what civil is. This is civil. This is civil. This is civil. Oh, the goons! Hello, goons! Oh, that's civil. Excuse me. Is that civil? How civil is that? You've got. It's irrelevant. You don't have the grounds for it in the first place, and I know that. We're not going to argue about that, but we do. Well, well, you don't, and we know you don't. So 
it's going to be if you're confident enough, because I'm already, I'm already going through the police conduct unit. I'm already setting up another, you know, case against the the PSOs that arrested me in the past. And I believe you do it. If you do it. We're no, more, Justin Goldsmith, Inspector. Yeah. Okay, Justin Goldsmith. Call, we're more than and what's your badge number, Justin? Arrest, okay. 29601. And so he had this big circle of cops around him um, throughout this experience. And this is the type of shit that we have to go through in Victoria. And the core concept is, is that if a police officer can't prove that he has a reason to arrest you or intercept you, he shouldn't be doing it. And so they were going around in circles. He's like, how do you know I'm breaking the law? What is your basis of breaking the law? He's like, well, let me see your ID so I can prove that you're breaking the law. Yeah. It's like, well, sorry, sweetheart. That's not how the yeah, law works. 100%. You know, and we've cottoned on to that. This is all bullshit. And this is why our police force is so forceful. Mm. Um, and they really are just the poster children for intimidation um, psychologically and physically. Mm. And so Nick had left that altercation or the conversation really and started walking off. They were all leaving to go home mm. and in come the riot cops to intercept and attack the, the peacemakers. Ravi, Ravi, come here. Just let's go. This is the sort of bullshit that's going on, and he's remanded right now. You know, he's not a free man um, over this because he probably defended himself yeah. um, against these attacks. So it's one of those tedious things. And then you've got the others on incitement. So we don't have the right to worship. There's a lot going on. Um, it's it's crazy the mm. type of shit that we're forced to put up with. But like a lot of business owners were starting to really get back on their feet. Yeah. And the community was supporting them too. Like we'd go out of our way to spend money um, in, in these in neglected smaller areas. Businesses, yeah. yeah, yeah, in these neglected areas. So to have that taken away again, we have the same mental health issues. It's just so repetitive for us at this point. And people interstate, they really love to try and take a shit on how we do things in Victoria, but they don't understand what it's like to be part of that experiment. Over and over again. Yeah. You know, the plus side of that is that we've managed to form a really tight community. 
mm-hmm. um, out of this. So we all know each other really well. Don't even necessarily like each other. But it's like, <laughs> hey, that's my sister. You fucking touch her, I'll beat the fuck out of you, bro. Like, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. even, you know, like, I don't even like it, but I'll defend it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one nah. of those things. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so at the moment, I feel like a lot of people are throwing shit at, at Victorians. Yeah. And it's really hard for me to witness because you just don't get it unless you live there and you've been there. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I agree with you. Like, we all need to be together in this uh fight right now because and that comes from australia wide like melbourne's hurting at the moment and we need to support you know the citizens as much as possible against what is going on right now where where do you see this at the end of the year for example do you see this lasting a while or do you see this um being over by the end of the year I don't think it's going to be over by any stretch, but whether or not they'll scale it back is a different story. Yeah, okay. Because this shit goes in rounds. It's never truly over. Yes. Um, and that's something that we have to really come to terms with to be able to function because otherwise we get trapped in that fear state, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's we're just going to have to recover as best we can. But we try to do things differently. Like we're really creative with the way that we'll approach protesting now so we've got a lot of different strategies in the works um things like that so i i think they uh, they've done loads of experiments and trials and um things in the past i think they fucked with the wrong generation bruh like we ain't the ones that's for sure um i want to break like i want to break down more but we got to get to digital streets and just before we get there in an ideal world, right? Mill Gates, you get to pick, right? What the country looks like in a better normal, not a new normal a better normal. Would you go back to just the seventies? Is there a time period as a conservative that you'd go back to, or what would Australia look like? Or just, just obviously it's a large question, but just specific little things. What, what, what do you think is best for our society? Um, I mean, the easy answer is to ditch anything that's part of this this stupid agenda. I'd personally ditch the UN and I'd ditch the World Health Organization and take it from there. The rest is fuck around and find out. That's what Trump did, eh? Mm. He got out <laughs> of the UN and the... Well, oh, no. UN, did he? No, World Health Organization. He stops funding them. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever has their hand um, over this whole thing it just needs to be neutral. Yeah. But there's no easy way to answer that question. No, it's and a it tough one. It man. could never just be me that decides that either. That's yeah, I know. I, I asked that to Smoking Joe as well. I actually need to have him back on. That was a question that I asked him. It's <coughs> heaps happened since then. Yeah. And I, I love that, Blake. I don't know if this is the same question as he just asked, but I want to ask it. <laughs> but it's what does what does the Mill Gates world look like? I don't know, man. I I'm swear that was the same <laughs> fucking question, question just with her name <laughs> in it. Literally. I don't know. My Where'd you get your name? That's a better question. I just laugh at it. Like, 
I thought, how can I come up with a name where I can take the piss out of this situation and be somewhat anonymous? Like, if they Google me, you know what I mean? Like, is it going to come up that I'm a conspiracy theorist? Yeah. Um. So I'm like, Mill Gates, Bill Gates. And so that's one of my things. I'm, I'm a bit of a shit poster. Do you like Bill Gates? No, of course I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he's real fun to make fun of, you know? Like, you always have it those is. ones where it's like, it's good that they are who they are because it's good comedy. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of my time is really mediating the the Melbourne movement, um, yeah. strategizing, protesting, yeah, um, and shit posting for the most part, leading like, <laughs> with shit posting. So yeah, my thing at the moment has just been like smashing people on Twitter and making memes, amongst everything else, as a form of relief for how stressful it is being involved in all of this stuff. So, yeah, that's. This shit is stressful. Yeah. I really wish that people would squash the beef interpersonally though because that's one thing that we need to work on as a community. Positivity and light. (laughs) Okay, let's get into digital streets. Three, two, one. All right, lad, Digital Streets, take one. What do we got? Oh, by the way, Digital Streets segment where we look at, uh, he pulls up um, mainstream articles and we give a yay or a nay if we agree or disagree and we just give a little reason as to why. (laughs) Take one, lad, what do you got? So this is the whole thing at the moment with China and Australia, uh, which has been going on for the last year or so, whatever, since the uh, the COVID. So this uh, article came out saying, they need us, why China needs Australia's export lifeline. (laughs) That's true. So, do you want to read it? University of Technology Sydney economics professor Tim Harcourt told today the restrictions were costing Australia with meat exports down about 30%. However, Professor Harcourt said China still needed Australia. He quotes, well, he says, they've got a billion people. They need food security. They need food. He said, they need energy to basically fuel their enormous industrial engine and they need good quality education. 300 million middle-class parents, very aspirational for their kids. They need Australia's, they need Australia's education. So the answer is yes, they need us and we need them. What do you think? I'll let you go first. Fuck's sake. Uh, China doesn't so much need us as they already have us. We have these long-standing relationships with China. Yes. If they don't have it, they buy it or they intimidate people until they sell it. It's one of those things. Like, that you just don't fuck with China, you know? <laughs> it's one of those things and this is why we're here. Um, yeah, I don't think, like, our, the ways in which we are valuable hold on. are not stable. You don't, hold on. Let me catch that. You don't fuck with China. Elaborate on that. Look just because people, just from my last like interview, people take things differently. So oh, what do you, you mean? Think it seems racist or something. No, I think it seems <laughs> you support China. 
No, like I don't support them, but it's one of those things. Like if they want it, they'll take it. Whatever they're doing, they'll they'll do with force. Yeah, but, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. So where we may see ourselves as valuable to China, I don't think we are. I think we're disposable. Right. So you have to be real cautious about it. Do you think that they can be self-sufficient, that country? I'd say so. Do you reckon? Yeah, they've got pretty decent... Um, they don't... They've mm. got agriculture and stuff up there too. It's not like they're completely high and dry. I did... I tried to get into the meat export f- five years ago. Mm. What I realised is that it is extremely... Like you need... To, to run 300 tonnes of meat to China, you, there's like, you have to have certain last names. It's so intertwined, dude. It was freaky. I couldn't, like, I would know people at JBL. I'll, I would hit up people. That's like the biggest meat mm. company in the world. Yeah. Um, I'd hit people in Brazil. They did a block on Australia um, exports last year. And to deal with them at a meat quantity that large, what I realize is that they can't sustain themselves in terms of meat. So they'll either buy from Argentina and they buy at, by the way, they buy at $6 a kilo or lower, right? Not, sorry, not a kilo, a ton. Fucking, what am I talking about? $6, uh, $6 a ton? No, that's that's way too much. That's six dollars a kilo. Fuck. See, I got uh, like. I just wanted to do a pause in the video here because um, this is I said a little bit weird there. So it is beef and bone, and it is tons. So three hundred tons is what they were after. This is the beef that I was talking about. I wasn't lying, man. My fucking chimp brain, lad. So it's okay, man. So they, they, they buy it at $6 and anything less. And they buy it from Australia, Argentina, and America. So in terms of meat, I don't think they can sustain themselves. In terms of they're getting rid of the pollution because of patents across the world um, for different businesses, there is, there is no company that will enter the Chinese market under a joint venture or a greenhouse because that's the only two um, economic things that they allow in that will be able to clear their pollution either. So the, essentially a company that can come that in there and do that is GE, which is an American company. And so they need them too. The, the understanding that uh, China can be self-sufficient, I don't, I don't get how people think that. They need a lot of things. They're not as powerful as people think they are. And sure, they have a lot of money, they have a lot of money. You just gave that sigh like they're very powerful. Yeah, I think it's our relationship with them. It's going to be some type of way, you know, like it's Definitely. not going to be like fully a consenting thing. Like I think. But like, that's with all deals. Yeah, but they've mm. got the upper hand, you know, and I think it makes us somewhat disposable. We may need to suffer for our relationship with China should it be stronger or even weaker in some type of way. So take mining, for example, our resources, they, they buy resources from Australia and Brazil, mineral resources. They blocked Australia, went to Brazil. Brazil raised their prices, they're now paying more. So they need to come back to Australia to buy. If Australia is closer to Brazil and they can, 
that's a bit of collusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could be illegal. I don't know in a world forum how that business works too much. But if they went to Brazil and was like, look, we're going to sell this at this price, they'd have to do business with us. They don't really have a... Do you, do you truly feel that China is like a overlord over Australia? I think push comes to shove, yes. But it's going to play out, obviously, like with the push-pull dynamic that you just referenced. Yeah. Like we can hit back at him in certain ways. Are we doing it? I don't know. You know. True. It's just a slippery slope, I see it as. So we don't need, we don't need China. I think we have a very parasitic relationship with China. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> That's true. We do have a terrible relationship with China. Apparently, the best relationship was when um. Paul Keating. I thought it was Kevin Rudd, wasn't Kevin, it? Kevin Rudd, yeah, okay. Perfect. Kevin Rudd was the f- Paul Keating when Kevin Rudd was the foreign minister. Yeah, yeah. I think that's correct. I don't know, my chimp brain, man. They need us. This is a yay for me. They do need us. Yeah, I suppose. You can say yikes. You can say no. They don't whatever, need us. Whatever. You know, it's like a depressing kind of thing. But yeah. Suppose. I suppose. A need is a strong word, but all right. All right. <laughs> all right. Next one, lad. Take two. What do we got? China is a weird place. Eh? I've been there a few times. Been to Shanghai and uh, Guangzhou. It was actually the first time I ever drank. I never drank tea until I was 24. And it was the first time I drank tea was in a Chinese tea farm in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. That could be fun. Yeah. That could be fun. Um, all right, so we're new one. Some people in – do you reckon some people in this movement, just because I said that, they'll be like, oh, he went to China. He's a China shield. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of people that will Karen Brewer a situation, you know. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> Jeez. He came out of nowhere and he has a podcast and I don't trust him. Yeah, he went to China. <laughs> it says it in episode 71. <laughs> oh, well, so in, in the actual movement, you guys are having fights. Bro, where have you been? Where, didn't we just have <laughs> yeah, a whole I, I discussion? Know, I, I can't believe it's that much, though. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it's not anymore. We just deaded it. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. You always hope that you're going to, like, execute it and it stays dead. Yeah. You okay. just never know. So it's like one of those things, like, if, if you're... This, I'm gonna sound really weird, but like, like if you're a vegan, for example, or whatever, you gotta dress a certain way or whatever. So, like, if you're part of this movement, you you have to think a certain way, otherwise, you're not part of the movement. Or nah, you're like there's a purest or way, way, or rather, and there's something else. No, that's a that's a shit way to say it, man. I oh. think it's to me what I what I viewed from my last week, which is that's that's when I found out about all this, mm-hmm. is that it's just people that. They want the same thing, but they just have difference of opinion sometime. And sometimes that clashes and uh, that's it. The biggest thing is that it is not relevant to the rest of the internet. Yeah. And it should stay off the internet. You know? Yeah. Regardless of how you feel, it's no one else's business. Squash it internally because that's what you do when you're a team. A hundred percent. When someone pisses me off, I pick up the phone and I rip them a new one and it happens more often than not. Because that's what you do when you try and moderate a lot of these conflicts. Yeah. You know, but we pull each other into line and we do it the right way. Yeah. 
That's fair. All right, take two. What do we got, lad? <coughs> so uh, you do this one because I can't say his name properly. Anthony Fauci. I love I but love that it, my producer it, it, doesn't know any of this. Eh? It's fucking amazing. I've been it's <laughs> actually refreshing, lad. I appreciate well, been, you. Oh, thank you. So, <laughs> uh, Anthony Fauci? Yeah. Okay, Dr. Anthony Fauci says publicly released an email about lab leak is being misconstrued. Okay. Is being misconstrued. Is that what it says? What is this? CNN? It's CNN. Uh, <coughs> CNN the other day, two days ago, right? Mm. No, maybe not two days ago. I actually, they, they brought up shit all the time. But this particular item, like I heard CNN, they completely fabricated a story that Trump was doing a coup and would coup. Coup. A coup. A coup. Coup is a movement, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, Trump was doing a coup in uh, August and was going to be back in office by end of August. When the acknowledged leader of the Republican Party, the former president, is calling the current administration illegitimate and saying he will be back in office this summer. The New York Times' Maggie Haberman writes, quote, Trump has been telling a number of people he's in contact with that he expects he'll get reinstated by August. New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman joins us now. She's a Washington correspondent for The Times and a CNN political analyst. Maggie, I have to say, when you wrote that, my eyes popped. I, I was stunned. The former president is telling people he expects to be reinstated by August. What's going on here? So, John, what he's doing is echoing things that are being said by Sidney Powell, who was his lawyer, although, you know, she he distanced himself from her at certain points uh, over the final months of the administration, but she was helping advise him on these efforts to overturn the election last year. This is being said uh, by Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow, who has been pushing this for some time. He's echoing what they're saying. The difference between them saying it and Donald Trump saying it is one is the former president, one is a possible future party nominee, even, even given all of his legal troubles. If he ran for president again, Again, uh, he would still have a very good shot at the nomination. And this is something that some of his supporters will hear and take seriously when he says it. There is no legal mechanism by which this can happen. There are people who are telling him things are possible that are not possible, which is exactly what we saw happen after the November 3rd election last year, which was all the lead up to January 6th, as we know, and what we saw in the attack on the Capitol. And so there is a there is a, a dangerous component about this conversation that's going on. And I think one thing that is jarring about our current news environment, John, is that there is a, a separation between what uh, literally, and it, the, the, this sort of choose your own adventure of news has gotten worse progressively over time. Democrats who support Joe Biden don't want to hear anything about Donald Trump. And because Donald Trump is not on Twitter anymore, they think, therefore, he doesn't really exist, except he does really exist strongly in this right-wing ecosystem. It is true he's not on Twitter. It's true he's not on Facebook. He can't direct followers the same way he did. He's also going to start appearing publicly again. And so the public really needs to be aware this is something that he has been saying to a number of people. This is what CNN said. And then the... the uh, a lot of people went to like fact check it and see where that, where this was said because she said that it's come from Trump supporters and Trump supporting movement groups. Mm. Couldn't find a thing. Completely fabricated conspiracy. Oh, I've had this on the whole time. What's wrong with that? 
Yeah, I don't know. Act natural, James. Yeah, I know. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. All right. Yeah. So Anthony Fauci has had his emails come out um, and CNN is saying, go to the header, just real quick. Public release in the Nobel League is being misconstrued. Are they going to back that up with some evidence? Or? Can you click the top one? Just click the video. Let's just watch this for video. Or is this just him talking? All right, go on. Controversy, some ginned up, um, but some questions raised about some of them, and I want to get you on the record uh, addressing some of them. Um, there was an email sent to you from an executive at EcoHealth Alliance, and this is one of the companies that funded some of the research at the Wuhan lab. And this email thanked you uh, for basically saying you believed that the origins of the coronavirus were natural. This email said, quote, I want, wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin for COVID-19 from bat to human spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That email was April 18th. Now, there are some of your critics who say this shows you have too cozy of a relationship with the people behind the Wuhan lab research. What do you say to that? Oh, that's nonsense. I don't even see how they get that from that email. That email was sent to me from them. I have always said, and will say today to you, John, that I still believe the most likely uh, origin is from an animal species to a human, but I keep an absolutely open mind that if there may be other origins of that, there may be another reason. It could have been a lab leak. I believe if you look historically, guy, what happens in the animal-human interface, that in fact, the more likelihood is that you're dealing with a jump of species. But I keep an open mind all the time. And that's the reason why I have been public that we should continue to look for the origin. That email in no way, you can misconstrue it however you want. That email was from a person to me saying, thank you for, for whatever it is Stop he thought this I guy, said. Man. And yeah. I said. I can't listen I think, to this guy you know, anymore. Right? He's yeah, lying sort of through his fucking teeth. Literally, man. you know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing as I'm watching that fucking face. Bro, how stupid do you think we are? Come on now. That's pretty good. That's good. He is something else, man. But you know what? Like this whole thing. Do you know like, he can't get fired? Sorry to cut you off, but do you know he can't get fired? Is it in his contract? No, he's not. Um, he's not a. Google that, bro. Why can't Fauci be fired by the president, U.S. president? So he can't be fired. My understanding is because he wasn't appointed by uh, government officials. The CDC is a private organization. So he is the main guy, doctor for the president, but the president has no control over him. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to even look at this article. I'm showing you now. Hold on. Yeah. It's hard for you to look at this article? Yeah, because the entire thing is just misdirection. The way yeah. that I see it. 
you know, this is not a genuine thing. They've only released this to try and legitimise the Shanghai sniffles because they realised <laughs> that it was, you know, getting a bit questionable in terms of the public narrative. Once they throw this guy under the bus, it looks all very real and above board. And, oh, it is actually released from a lab. The Shanghai sniffles. <laughs> Do you think? Do you think um, uh, China flu, Kung flu, We're all of right. that is racist? No, it's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Why is it hilarious? Because <laughs> it's just—it's not racist. You always give things whimsical nicknames. It's you know allegedly shocked the globe. Yeah, of but course people are going to nickname it. Yeah, but he's—he's he's saying that it, it's the Chinese people. He's Kung Fu from China, and it says it's the Chinese people. Yeah, get him, Neil. Get her, get her, oh, get her, Neil. Tell her, tell her. Why, why? You think it's racist, eh? Do you actually think it's racist? I do. 100% really? I do. Oh, really? you do? He does? Oh, he actually thinks it's racist. I told you, I got a lefty for a producer. Oh, shit, <laughs> I know. I don't think so. I mean, they nickname things after their origin, so. Like Spanish no. flu. Yeah. Sure, but that actually did come from Spain, and and it's not. You don't think China like we we don't fucking know. You think you don't know where coronavirus came from? It's it, well, it started off in China. Wow. Well, we, we then the what is it? No, oh, we don't. We they don't even fucking know. They don't even fucking know. No, 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 no. But it started so, off on, in hold China. On, hold, on, hold on, this is this is the issue here, right? There's certain things that there's certain things you you believe what the media say, and certain things you don't believe what the media say. What do you believe in? What do I believe? The media, the media has saying? been saying. The media has been saying for ages. I don't fucking believe a thing the media says. Yeah. I believe the source. Okay. Where? What is their source? Where did they get the source? Let me go read the source and look at the source, and then I'll make a judgment on okay, that say, source. Say for example, that's fine. Say for example, you do call it. I mean, I mean, first first of all, the actual <coughs> flu. It's called. We call it coronavirus or COVID, whatever it is, right? Now, as soon as you put a little joke spin on such as like, oh kung fu kung you know, flu kung flu yeah that's taking the piss out of a certain person's culture right and that's why it is racist because you're seeing some people below you and using their culture to and which is subsequent a disease or whatever that kills people okay what puts them below me are you asking? Yeah. That's, 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 that's a great. That's a great. But that's what I'm asking you. That's a great. That's what I'm asking the oh. people who say no, no. kung flu. Did, did I say it with negative connotations? What? Kung flu or Shanghai sniffle? You may that? have not. He may have not. But he did though. Uh, but what? But even if he did, but makes some people lesser than I. Yeah. I have no idea. Exactly. So there you go. So then, <laughs> how is it racist? Exactly. Well, because you're not Chinese. You're not Chinese. Is that the requirement, and though? If you uh, if you poke a finite a, a a particular uh, cultural thing from another place like China, for example, and you're not Chinese, mm -hmm. you don't particularly have the right to say that how Chinese people think. It's like me saying to you, I know exactly how you think, how you feel, uh, being. Not, uh, not knowing your father or I don't know I know my father I don't know how you feel so, so if I pet take a, a, a poker phone to you alright and say no 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 I'm not trying I'm not doing that it's not I'm just being nice but I don't know how you feel before you answer that yeah are you separating the two China flu and Kung flu or do you believe both are racist 
Second, uh, are you separating China flu and Kung flu? Like right now, when you're speaking, are you speaking for the word Kung flu, or do you believe Kung flu and China virus they're both racist? Oh, I certainly think Kung fu. Kung so you're speaking yeah. just on yeah, Kung but flu. I'm, once again, once again, I'm not Chinese. I don't know. But what I'm saying, as an empathetical point of view, is that hey, some people who are from China or whatever, they may feel it is offensive towards them because that's part of the culture. What I think is right? that the media is offense racist. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Is offense is offense racist? Racism. No, if if your racism, yeah, it's a part of being. It depends how you. Is it all oppression or is offend? Is it a, about like an actual oppression of people where they can't succeed because of their color, and the people that are stopping them from succeeding because of the color are stopping them from succeeding because of their color or their eyes, whatever the fuck? Or is it those people feel offended and that's racist? They may feel offended, yeah, and that's what makes them makes it racist. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I don't, know, I don't feel, I don't particularly feel offended because I'm not, I'm not Chinese, okay. but I'm saying they may feel. Your argument would have merit if, and this is, I just don't subscribe to this shit because to sure. think that offending another human being is grounds for for racism, um, particularly the way that it's structured uh, in the news in particular, it's like saying that Chinese people are lesser; they are hard done by. They're, they're this, they're that, they're dirty or whatever. It's like they're presenting that as a narrative and then I'm somehow racist because I see them as an equal and can take the mm-hmm. piss. We all know that me saying Shanghai sniffles, Wu flu, Kung flu, whatever, that's me making fun of the lethality of the virus. This guy is a leader of the free world. Mm-hmm. Okay, he is not there to do what we do. He's there to make sure the world is in order. Well then, okay, mate, then you have to say under that pretense, right? Right. That understanding, you have to say every single media outlet in Australia, mainstream media, this entire week, last week, the week before, mm. they're all racist because India, they, China never came out and said, don't call it Kung flu because we're, we feel a certain way. India actually came out and said the government went to social media. The government said, don't call it the Indian variant. Mm. Like it's not such thing. It's a, there's B, whatever the number was, Mm. that's the actual variant. It's not an Indian variant. And then what did Australia do? India variant, India variant, India variant. So under that pretense, you're saying they're that saying, they're saying that particular Australia the, media is racist. So they, they, what they're saying that particular uh, that, that, that strain has come from India. And then China virus means the virus comes from China. Yeah, but what they're saying that this is okay. I get it. Okay, I know what you're saying, but. So you can't. I, 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 I'm just. I'm. I'm bit. I'm bit. I'm bit like. I'm bit like weird. A bit weird about it at the moment because uh, amount of, especially in America, how many Asians are getting, uh, getting bashed and all that kind of stuff, right? Because of these things, right? And and we just have to be like, somewhat like, careful because people are getting hurt, and, and not hurt like I'm picking phone of you. Hurt meaning elderly. People walking on the street and getting beaten by white people. No, by black people. Oh, don't whatever. get it. Don't get it. Okay, confused. Okay, fine. Anyone, anyone in America who 
accepts what are we talking about? Yeah. And I think I, that's something that's why we got to be careful because people are actually getting hurt by this. Okay, so here's the difference between left and right. People on the, the right side of the fence here are going to look at this situation and think intention speaks louder than the words itself. And it's going to make sense because ultimately it is very obvious even looking at this um, mm. from a bias standpoint. My intention is not to make fun of Chinese people, China as a country. It's to make fun of this flu. Mm. I see it as a really, uh, it's the sniffles, you know. Origin of the place, Shanghai, sniffles. And not saying specifically Shanghai, but you know what I mean? You are right. That's the bug of the joke. And I, and I agree with you. And yeah. I agree with you that, yeah. that, that I agree that, that you have no ill intentions of any anyone else. I know that. And I, we, we don't in general, right? But the freedom of uh, a leader of a free world has to be careful when said things like that because people are getting hurt. No, be, there's a reaction. There's, there's a trickle-down effect. This yes, but you're, you're, you're... Okay, but the question is, is it racist? Yes, leaders shouldn't act that way. They should maybe choose their words more carefully. Sure. But to say that it's racist, you're... He's... All right, the leader said something. That thing is bad. If you say it's racist, the bad of what it is mm. is a million times worse because I hold racism to what racism truly is. Sure. Yeah, so then too. if too. you- I if do you, too. It's fine. Like to say that would be saying that it's so much worse than what it actually is, which yeah. is yeah. from a country. I get, yeah. Okay. Sure. I, I, I agree with you with that. Okay. I agree with that. Okay. And- and I agree with you that just because you're offended doesn't mean it's racism. I get it. That, yes. That as well. But, yes. Uh, but once again, you, us three of us are not from a Chinese, Chinese descent. Bro, we're, we're like, what are yeah, we going? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but one day we may have the same sort of, I hope we don't, but one day we may have the same situation as these people are going to the, the Asian, the Chinese community. Right, because I'm just saying the reason I'm saying this is because there's people who are getting getting mistreated in China because of what people are saying. Okay. Even though we know, as 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 we're just throwing the words fucking here and right. there. Yeah, but what you need to understand about this is that the media made it racist. It didn't start out racist. It's a flyaway thing. If if something's genuinely damaging for society, and you feed it, you're making it the problem. This could have been easily a flyaway comment, like China virus, who cares? Trump mm. talks shit all the time. Mm. It's the fact that they feed it and they make it hateful mm. and into something that it shouldn't be and get people upset about it. Yeah. The way that it's been handled is probably why we see violence in the streets, in all honesty. Sure. I don't think it has yeah. to do with the term China virus itself. And this is where we can't put responsibility of the individual who speaks for the behaviour of the recipient mm. because it's so... Um, it, there's too many factors. You can't possibly yeah. be responsible for what someone else says. Mm. It's the way that it, it is geared to you and presented to you. So, and like, bro, that I, to me personally, I don't. Um, I understand people are hurting. I understand that there are a lot of Asian people in America getting beaten up left right and center by the african-american community 
I understand that. And that's terrible. And that's always terrible. And it will always be terrible. And also in China, there are Muslims being put in concentration camps. So it's like, oh, that's, they- that's horrible as well. Me, you, mm. Brazilian indigenous, when I first come to Australia, you, you, like a yeah. lot of us, you know, try yeah. to wash our fucking skin, right? Yeah. Gone. You, you try not even go to the sun because you want to stay like a certain time. Yeah, mum is like, bring me in. Yeah, me too. Me, bro. I understand that. Like, I fully understand. And I understand the thing. But the mentality that's being perpetuated via that, if I, if I adopted that mentality, the victim mentality of everything is fucking racist, mm. bro, I would, I'll be in a depressed state. Mm. I might not even be here. You know what I mean? Mm. We shouldn't propel that. Racism there is actual racism. Racism isn't just feeling. Feeling is so massive and like so, oh, so yeah, expand. Yeah, yeah. You no, can't no, no, you no, can't first, pinpoint first, anything. Yeah, sorry. You know what I mean? Don't don't put me in that box because I'm not that box. <laughs> okay, that's 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 somewhere else. No matter yeah. how I much, no matter how sorry to cut you off. That's fine. No matter how much something sucks, we shouldn't give people permission to be victims under mm, any yes. circumstances. We can yes. be hurt and we can correct behavior. But this victim mentality is not working for us and yeah. it does more damage than good. I you know, agree. I think intention is the most important thing when we're looking at every situ- situation yeah. where, where this comes up, you know. In this particular one, like we established, we didn't have any ill intent. It's actually not about Chinese people at all. Mm. And so if we can't use comedy to break through things and to cope with things, like what are we even doing? Yeah. You know, like we've got to really maintain that balance. And as long as the intention is pure... Mm. I think we should be able to really have a dialogue and let things slip. Yeah. And it is and well aware that sometimes it's hard to understand attention, intention. But if we always come from a place of the intention is good, that is a better place to come than is he racist? Is he being racist right now? Is it a, like yeah. at a negative outcome? That's the thoughts anyway. Anyway, we need to move on. Yeah. Lad, it's a massive topic. We could talk about it for yeah, ages. Yeah. This whole thing is a yikes for me. Fuck the whole thing. Yeah, 100%. All right, take three, lad. What do we got? Last two. Okay. Um, okay, this one here. I think this is what you were talking about before, mate. Yes, yes. Small business owners being destroyed during lockdown in Melbourne. So these business owners also tried to run a small protest um, at the, I think it's Flinders Steps as well. Yeah, Flinders Street, yeah. Yeah, and um, a 17-year-old kid got arrested. Um, multiple were fined. 16 fines were handed out. Two arrests made. And these are the people that have always abided. When I when I made I made a reel this week regarding business owners, and that's that's the thing that hurts me the most. These people have never done anything wrong. They're trying to abide, like they listen to the government. They're like, we just want to make a small community for everyone, and they're the ones getting torn down in this entire thing. <laughs> I don't even know where to start on this. Well, it turns out I actually know this guy. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. I've done some work um, for him. So I know that he's got, at at the very least, two venues 
that yeah. he's building a business with. He does event functions. Yeah. And so for him, all of these engagement parties, one of which I was actually supposed to work this last weekend, um, all the birthdays, all that sort of stuff, out the window. And this guy has invested money into these businesses in the hope that he'd be able to pay it off. And so these lockdowns have really put him in that desperate situation. I don't know if you saw the figure there, but $120,000 worth of frozen loans. Fuck and that's yeah. not a little amount. So when we talk about recovery, um, you know, the, the fact that we're ignoring this and expecting that a small stipend from the government is going to fix it is just not realistic. What's the $500 thing? I saw someone post something about that. Is that like some subsidy that... Um, go down. Does it speak yeah, it about is. it on this? So regional Victoria photographer Carl uh, Soderstorm said she had to... Turn down a... Yeah, I can't... Yeah, thank you. Yeah. She had to turn down a $7,000 opportunity at Australian's Fashion Week because of the latest lockdown. She's now got just $400 in her bank account. Lockdown didn't just mean lost income. I lost the opportunity to have my work seen by people who might hire me. You just lose momentum, she says. People tell me it's just seven days or 14 days of lockdown, but there's no guarantee that income still be here for me after it's over. It's been 15 months of this, and the dark cloud of anxiety is brutalizing and punishing. Yeah, and she's absolutely right. People don't even factor in the business relationships that are made from working. Yeah. And as an artist in particular, you would lose momentum. A thousand percent. Yeah, so I think she's saying she's got $400 in her bank account. Um, People, they're, they're on JobKeeper and things like that. Yeah. There's obviously a, a payment for if you go and get tested, that sort of shit. So. Shouldn't every lockdown, I understand they decreased the what you get from the government, I think. Yeah, they did that earlier this year. Yeah, so shouldn't every lockdown that go straight back up? You'd think so, but I don't think the budget accounted for it and that's kind of the issue. They're doing this stuff but they didn't create the finances to be able to sustain it. Mm. And, yeah, here we are. <sighs> oh, so they can apply for 500... What is it? So, there you go. Victorians can apply for $500 temporary COVID discover p disaster payment on Services Australia from Tuesday. Last week, yeah. Yeah, Scott Morrison press conference announced that the payments would be five hundred dollars. Um, uh, who would ordinarily work more than twenty hours a week, and three hundred twenty-five dollars for those who worked fewer than twenty hours. Oh, that's just I'm sick of this trickle-down economics, man. We need to trickle up. Like this is ridiculous. Five hundred bucks? It's fuck all. Back I wouldn't get out of bed for that. To that's be ridiculous, man. Yeah, you know, a lot of us have worked hard to have steady wages. And to just have it demolished. They haven't even blinked twice at the hospitality industry. Um, obviously, I'm in security, so that's nightclubs, all that sort of stuff, events. Mm. That's wiped out. There's just so much that they don't care about at the expense of, you know. I mean, this is an experiment, basically, so, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like, I'm sick of, the, like, these guys earn a fair penny. Oh, yeah. Right? And... Like, as I said before, we had Sam on the Chookers podcast 
And he, man, he gave, he gives away like money in that to people to help out. As I said, that Vietnamese chick, he, he just helped her out of, out of like nowhere. And he was talking about, cause he runs a production company, Walk Now Productions. And they've been around for over 20 years or something, wasn't it? And they just make movies and films and everything. He's got a lot of actors um, that work under him. And he was like, a lot of artists are suffering in Australia, the arts industry itself, they're, they're suffering. And I was, I was producing for them. And then I pulled it up. The arts industry in 2017 in Australia generated $63 billion in income for the country. How are the artists suffering? I don't get it. Where's that money? You know what I mean? Mm. And then the other day I posted something regarding a question that Sonny Bill had. They said, what was it? Um, 800, 800 million was spent on 250 refugees. Like how was $800 million spent on 200 and like, are these refugees, like, they could be, like, two times over millionaires. I think um, they receive more government support than a lot of average Australians do. It works out. It's not It's not sickening. But I don't but think it's, it's going to them. It kind of does. How? Like, random bonuses, my understanding is, anyway. I'm not talking about the politician. Uh, are you talking about the refugees? Yeah, like, in terms of when they say $800,000 or whatever. on, on Million. Million dollars on, on refugees. They're probably more talking about, like... Um, I want to get the exact that, quote. Sorry. Keep yeah, going, Yeah, because, like, the settlement and stuff, putting them in homes, um, bonuses yeah. for, for relocation, all this sort of stuff. Like, they throw money at just about every single inconvenience. So that's kind of how this stuff stacks up. It's not like they're just slapping money in their hand and saying go for gold. Yeah, um, I was dead on the mark. So he had um, – so this is exactly what Sonny Bill Williams said, rugby player, if you don't know. Um, the real question is where has $10 billion gone? That was the budget, right? I don't see any millionaire refugees. $800 million spent on 240 refugees this year alone. Where has that been spent? On how many refugees? 240, and it's $800 million. Okay, so someone's fucked up that budget or someone's, like, laundering some shit. That's what, what I'm saying. saying. Like, like, that's not, nah. Where's that money got? Like, you can give them $100 million each four times. Yeah. I mean, they've... Like, minus the 40 people. Yeah. Like, $100 million each <laughs> minus the 40 people four <laughs> times over. Someone exactly. Someone up and audit this government. Like, I don't know what's going on. That's insane, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Like, that's a lot of money, dude. There's got to be a fuck up. Like, yeah. <sighs> it's nuts. But, yeah, this business uh, protest, um, massive yikes for me that the police did what they did on there. Yeah. Massive yikes. What do you got? Yay or yikes? I mean, so the organisers didn't get arrested. They worked with the police to be able to grab what they needed from the media to get the message across. Yeah. So they came at it like from a point of empathy, you know, like this is what we need to do. So they gave them a little bit of wiggle room. So okay. my understanding is that was there was about 25 minutes to sort of move on. Right. You know what I mean? Um, whilst obviously there's the rest of us who go, we have a right to protest, so we're just 
doing this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so they kind of go zero to a hundred. So they were able to facilitate that, which, you know, I'm somewhat grateful for because they were able to get that footage and do their thing. What I'm not grateful for is that just like that, the, you know, the cooperation is withdrawn. Um, And we've seen this at a lot of the protests in the past, Mm. in particular, like me being a police liaison um, a couple of times, um, how quickly they'll withdraw their cooperation and just send the riot squad in. Like it really Mm. is zero to a hundred. It's crazy. And they do this all the time and for no real good reason either. Just mm. people aren't socially distancing enough. It's just something, you know, that is the responsibility of the individual. And yeah. yet for some reason it's like, let's just attack the crowd. So, you know, like they were given warning, but that's not an excuse to treat people the way that they're treating people. Yeah. You know, this stuff is insane. And, yeah, I don't know if you saw Megan Kira. She spoke to the police. She did a really good job um, just talking about business owners. Didn't and she get arrested? Yeah, yeah. So... You know, like she's she was like, I'm five foot three. What could I possibly do to you all? You know, and she's just like, listen to us. We're, where we where is that? Ourselves. Where is that right now? Oh, it's Who's awesome. Um, Rukshan put it up actually. Yeah, go the real Rukshan, and I think you'll be able to find that. I don't think I posted it. I posted it on the Telegram group, but not yeah. in um. The general. real Rukshan. Yeah. I put it up and yeah. I said thank you to him just for being like a voice for us in this and the way that he manages to curate content. Like the man is an artist. He's really good. He's just got a uh, slickness about uh, his content, his camera, his filming. And it's, it's what like you need that. It's the way that that. he can inspire empathy. That is, I think the most valuable um, skill set that he has. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Go down. Might not have posted it. Let's see. Go down. Is that a different account? Go up to the top. Yeah, so that first one there should be it actually. Yeah, 100%. Boom. Yep. Yep. So this is a type of bullshit that we put up with in Victoria. Turn the sound on, dude. Turn the sound on. 25. 25 events in one week. Imagine that. Can you make it big? Imagine that for one Listen to me, you guys want us to listen to you, but no one's listening to us. We are the minority, no one's listening to us. If you're asking us to disperse, why are you standing shoulder to shoulder? all of you. We are here as businesses. We are here as businesses. We have families. Listen to me, please. And I say this on behalf of all the businesses that are struggling right now. I'm just one. Imagine the thousands. You guys are going to use all that force on one little person, bro? I'm five foot three. What are you? Come on, what can I do possibly to all of you? We are losing things. We can't pay bills. We can't do anything because we're losing money. What do you think? Yeah, look at you. Over a little serious look at you. They're after business owners. They're after business owners. That's ridiculous, sir. Yeah, that's enough, bro. 
mind you, after they arrested everyone, they released him around 10 minutes later. So this is really where the media comes into this. This is mostly for show. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just all theatrics. There's but, no reason to do any of that to her in particular. But they're benefiting, Not at all. But they're benefiting nothing from showing this. Like, that's fucked up. It's to disincentivize people from protesting, even if they have a good reason. It's like, here's the line. So Feeling you have no uh, control or no power yeah. or anything. Yep. And that's why they do that in the media. Right. And they can throw Vic Paul under the bus, like, oh, this is what to expect. No one ever really cops the blame for it in the media in a committed sense. You'll notice that because it's more just the shock value. They want it to inspire that reaction, that fearfulness. Because people this week have really wanted to stand up and join. Yeah. Um, in particular with the small businesses. Yeah. But how are they going to do that knowing they're just going to get ragdolled? True. <sighs> yeah, big yikes for me, man. Mm. Massive yikes for me. Look, the next one is uh, pretty much carry on from what we've just been talking about. Okay. Um, which is about the lock. Which sorry, it's about the anti-lockdown protests that were arrested in Melbourne. Is this the last one? Yeah. Well, it's it's connected, but anyway. Okay. Arrest in Melbourne after gathering at Flagstaff Gardens. Is this more? No. Well, this was connected to it. So yeah, this is the second one, but it's the same exact thing. At the moment, that's this is all trending. At the moment, last last week is the all the protesting and people getting arrested on, on, in Victoria. At least ten people have been arrested in Melbourne after turning out to demonstrate against Victoria's lockdown and potential breach of restrictions. The group gathered at Flagstaff Gardens in the CBD on Saturday afternoon, a day and on day two of the state's lockdown. Large numbers of police officers swarmed the area as the anti-lockdown and anti-vaccination protesters gathered. Go down. Yes. This was the one that we talked about earlier in this episode. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Was it the guy? Yes. Yeah, the middle, the guy in the middle there. Yeah. yeah. That's Nick. Nick Patterson. It's, yeah, it's the whole thing that's going on in Melbourne right now. It's fucking heartbreaking, dude. They set us up to fail, you know. It's one of those things. No matter what, like, for them to be walking away and then end up being arrested, they needed numbers. Yeah. They needed this to be a disruption and they needed to, they needed a show of force to say don't protest. Yeah. You know, that's ultimately what this is about. They're prostituting our police force um, for this fear porn. Yeah. I've got family and friends in, uh, in Melbourne. Yeah. And, like, it's so bad. Yeah. Well, like the the right now or the yeah. place? No, no, right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you were gonna flex that Sydney shit, bro. He's always flexing Canberra. Eh? Yeah, get out of here. With <laughs> I, I just I just pick and choose when I came, mate. All right. Before I was like flexing Melbourne for ages because I grew up in Melbourne as well, mm. and then I moved to Canberra and uh, I flex Canberra, but it's nothing you know, going on. At the moment, I'm flexing Sydney. Yeah. Doing well. <laughs> yeah. I oh, do you know what I'd love. I reckon, like, we should all, everyone in the country, instead of, like, if you can, right, mm -hmm. we should all travel to Canberra. You know how Parliament House yeah. is, like, bring up Parliament House, bro, a photo of Parliament House in Australia, just so international people can see as well. So, they have um, 
just a grass area on top, mm. right? It, can you imagine like 50,000 people on the, cause it's essentially the roof. It's like, it's a grass area. So could you imagine 50,000 people on top of that? That'd be sick. I mean. Oh, it, no, it, <laughs> it's, it's quite big. This is why I'm not an event organizer. Yeah. They also have a, they got a dude with a machine gun that hangs out the front. Like. Who? Parliament House. Parliament. What, yeah. Dave is a good bloke. He's just waiting for a mate. No, it's not. It's not. It's not what you think it is. It's not like that. It's yeah. It's like that. But yeah, you, can't, like, you can't. You can't there's really. There's no you can that, climb that grass area. You come yeah, from there's behind. No, there's no real point standing up there. It's more like around here. Yeah. Um. No, but it's it's the picture of standing on top of the thing and oh, saying like, oh, okay. yeah, right. you know what I'm saying? It's a grass area. There's no nowhere in history you can't stand on top of the White House. You can't stand atop any parliament place in the world. But this, it's grass on top. You could have all Australians on top there protesting. And that is sick. They would shut that down before it even begins. I'm telling see, you. See, look. That's, so that's you, our most you, prized government building. That's beautiful, dude. Look, so you go from the back left. You can walk up to the top. And everyone there in that grass area there. Or everyone across the entire thing. Like, that would be preferred. Well, our Indigenous people used to set up camp just there in front of it. No, they yeah. used to. They still do. Yeah. Do they? I didn't see them last time I was there. Uh, the, the in the embassy. Mm. Still, on the, the lawn. Yeah, they had the... They're still there. Really? Still pro- there? Yeah, still there. When's the last time you went to Canberra? Uh, Are you going there this weekend? A month you? ago? No, yeah. not even a month ago. Two months ago. Jesus, it's been that long. Been that long since you've seen your parents, lad? Yep. Yeah, been grinding. I hear ya. We all have been. Okay. Well, that leaves us there. Was there anything that we missed? No, I, I want to have you on again because there's a lot of things that you can break down, like what we were talking about earlier and your fight before. It's like we could talk for five hours on that and try to like okay. break it down. You know what I mean? It's tough and it's hard jumping from subject to subject as well because they're all very important items honestly it's been a lot of fun it's been long but i'm not drained you know what i mean yes it's it's all awesome awesome well let them know where they can find you and um yeah it's all yours lol mill gates on instagram that's about the extent of it memes and shit posting on twitter (laughs) (laughs) love it love it it's been the 5-8 take and we're out peace